Well, hello everyone. I'm Jamie Bricker, and welcome to Matters of Principle. Over the past four months, this twice-monthly series has helped support school principals in various aspects of this very exciting, and as we always say, because it's true, very challenging role in education. Now, I'm a retired school principal, as is my co-host, Jack Barkley. A big welcome back, Jack, and looking forward to our today's discussion on some more key issues for school administrators. Well, thank you, Jamie, and Happy New Year, everyone. And I'd agree this continues to be a very challenging school year uh, right up to, to the day uh, for all stakeholders, students, staff, and parents, as, as well, of course, for school administrators. And, you know, with, with the thoughts today and, and many places of us having to pivot to online learning, everyone involved in education continues to be very resilient and creative and, and really should be commended. Well, you're right. It's an excellent point, Jack. The reality is certainly across the province of Ontario that online learning is reality for at least the next few weeks. But once again, as we have done throughout our series, I think it's important to stress that the issues we are discussing absolutely apply in an online learning situation, and they certainly apply equally when schools get back to, quote, regular in-person learning. So it's not like we're burying our heads in the sand and kind of ignoring the pandemic. I think these Discussion points are certainly valid with or without online or uh, virtual learning. Now, the bottom line is over the last few months, uh, we have talked about many different aspects of this really complex role in education that the principal serves. But there's been a biggie that we have not yet really discussed, which takes up a lot of time for any principal over the course of the year. And that, of course, is addressing conflict. Now, as we well know, Jack, and all fellow administrators listening are very well aware, Conflict is a very broad definition, and it can range from incidents that are actually pretty minor all the way to very, very significant. And these incidents can involve really any combination of students, parents, and or staff. Well, you're right, Jamie. Nothing, nothing takes up, eats up more of a principal's time and causes more stress than addressing or working through conflict in the situation. And you know, these are, these are this is going to be the focus of our two January podcasts. Uh, today, we're going to talk and discuss general guidelines and the approach for principals. And two weeks from now, that'll lead us towards addressing specific, more specific types of conflict. So as you mentioned, Jack, today we're looking at some key general guidelines that will hopefully help principals resolve conflicts. But we're also at the end of each kind of little mini section. I think it's important. We're just going to highlight a few little common pitfalls to avoid, and I'm, I must say, if I'm being totally honest, I have certainly uh, really succumbed to several of these pitfalls myself, so I, I know of which I'm about to speak. Now, the first big consideration, of course, when it, about resolving conflict and, frankly, about life in general is the principal's attitude or the mindset, and it's so important, I think, well, particularly during the pandemic, when, of course, everyone's got heightened stress to begin with. But in every school year, in any school community, frankly, conflict is inevitable. Despite your best planning, et cetera, there's going to be some conflict in your school. And I know way back when I was a rookie vice principal, that was a big adjustment for me my first couple of weeks in the job, as the whole time I kind of waited for the next proverbial shoe to drop. As soon as one conflict came to a reasonable conclusion, I was just kind of in the back of my mind constantly thinking about, okay, what could happen next? And it took me a few weeks to kind of overcome that. 
But then I realized that the key really, and I'd really stress it to all administrators, is spend your time and energy on controlling what you can actually control. And tons of per- tons of things in our job really aren't that much within your control. But the one biggie, Jack, the one biggie I learned early on that we can very much control is the principal's response to a given conflict. The response is very much within the given principal's uh, control. Right, Jamie, and, and I I agree with that. I mean, you, you look at you know we've often talked about measuring your day about you know if, if there was no conflict that's not necessarily the measure of a good day or a bad day it's it's as you say your response because when i wasn't dealing with a conflict issue i always wondered what am i missing what's going on that i that i really haven't that i'm not dealing with front and center but i think when i i look at that we look at that approach to a situation of conflict uh you don't want to always just default to a defensive position or posture. You, you, you also don't want to jump on the offensive either. And, and you and I have talked about balance and things so much in our discussions around this, but you have to, you have to sort through the facts, investigate a situation, and, and, and that gives you a better groundwork for, for dealing with the conflict. And in your own mind, clearly establish what's open for compromise or discussion, and the, what are those issues that you consider to be non-negotiables. Well, and you got me thinking now, Jack, that I think that kind of uh, laying your kind of your general kind of groundwork, as you say, of where you're going to have some flexibility and where you're not. Like to me, I, I try to embed my kind of, if it makes sense, embed some of those kind of thoughts I was having during the meeting. So in other words, if we're talking to parents and there was a significant matter, I would mention it several times during the meeting briefly, something about, well, you know, just to clarify, depending on how this investigation goes and this discussion goes, such and such is actually a suspendable offense or whatever the case may be. Just so people kind of get kind of general parameters, because it really does not work out well for anyone if the principal, if you kind of have this meeting or, or discussion and all of a sudden kind of say kind of quote nothing in that regard, and then all of a sudden at the end you lower the boom. Right. Or so-and-so suspended for a week or whatever. Well, obviously, you know, people don't kind of appreciate that kind of sudden delivery. It's already kind of a, emotional. So I think it's important to kind of in, have a framework going into a meeting. You may adapt it a little bit with during the meeting, but kind of get those kind of ideas across incrementally it's just not fair to people to just suddenly have it all at the end. Right. And so, Jamie, if I'm hearing you with this, I, I, I agree. And one of those frameworks, we would always, I always found it useful to go back to our school code of conduct, conduct or some agreed upon parameters with the family. And then you're not, as you say, dropping the hammer at the, at the end on something. So we would, you know, have the facts, go to your, go to your code of conduct and, and you would mention those pieces along the way so that families were with you. I love that, Jack. That's an excellent point. And the I also like the idea of your code of conduct, of course, is an objective parameter. It's not what the principal is kind of, it, it, so it can't be seen as like, oh, the principal is kind of doing this on the fly or... Yeah, it's not my values. It's, bingo. It's agreed upon. Norms, you're right. Yeah, so, so yeah, you're right. So thanks for mentioning that. That's a really important point. 
Uh, and throughout this process, as school leaders, and I know it's coming to some previous podcast, but boy, it's critical that we're calm. This can be a very emotionally charged issue. And we have to always, I would call it, you know me and my kind of hokey uh, analogies and metaphors, Jack, but I always call it like, we need to be the retardant. We're kind of calming things down. Uh, we are certainly not the accelerant. We're not throwing you know, flames on the fire. And I think that's a really important part of the principal's role. Well, you, you know, you're so right with that, Jamie. I, I, I think a, a way of looking at it, too, is uh, you mentioned people have a lot of pressures on them. They, you don't know what's going on with a certain family, especially today. There's uncertainty and anxiety and, uh, you know, and so forth in, in families. And we need to recognize and appreciate that all stakeholders are going to be passionate about their beliefs in, in, a, in a certain situation. Well, it's their kids. Of course they should be passionate. That's right. Absolutely. I agreed. And, and that's, that's their number one interest. So they are going to, you know, they're going to be there to support and they're going to, you know, help, help them work through that. So they're going to be taking us, you got to keep that in the back of your mind. Now, the other piece we talk about in meetings and, and uh, you know, in a school situation, you know, we often think of the students working within our school code of conduct, but the parents also have to work within that. And uh, that zero tolerance of shouting inappropriate language or threats, et cetera, that's, that's where I would draw, or we would have to draw the line on a meeting if something like that were to come up. No, you're right. Passion has its limits. There's right. absolutely no doubt right. about it. All right. So now, Jack, as we're drawing this kind of part of our discussion to a close, I think it's important to kind of really stress common pitfalls for this principal's mindset. The first would be, I think, oh, just a huge one, is the principal just chooses to avoid addressing the conflict at all. And of course, all I can say to that is incredibly bad idea. And not only for the given incident, but the messaging it sends for all stakeholders, this kind of complete absentee leadership, it, it, it's just like your credibility shot moving forward. And it just makes things worse and worse. The second kind of pitfall would be once, and I, you mentioned it a minute ago, that fine line is missed between being too defensive or on the other hand, taking no responsibility and just kind of, you know, kind of shrugging your shoulders. Well, either posture is not appropriate and frankly just uh, inflames the situation. So we've got to find that kind of middle ground to work with people. And the final one is getting too emotional. And once again, you simply, if the principal, if the leader of the school is getting emotional, that simply escalates the whole disconnect. Yeah, Jamie, those are three great examples of pitfalls that, that could certainly happen and ones to avoid. And, you know, if to keep what you're saying in mind and remember that these meetings, conversations are a great opportunity to establish and further develop uh, the relationship and build trust among the given stakeholders group. Because let's face it, word gets around quickly one way or another, how that meeting went, parents talking to other parents, families to other families, certainly in a time today of social media, somebody's right out, you know, and, and letting somebody else know. And, and so news travels even more quickly than it did 10 years ago, you know, and so on. So it's really important for principals to work through these discussions uh, while having a general plan of mind and a real positive 
focus moving moving through them. So with that in mind, Jamie, I think this leads us to our the second part, and that's that's called the principles game plan. Once your mindset's established, you're you're then moving towards a real strategy for for working through a meeting and working through conflict. And you know, we talk about recognizing that people are going to be anxious. So you, you have to always have that in the back of your mind. As you say, you don't want to exacerbate that, but Everyone also in a meeting deserves to save face. You know, you and, and we start by hearing people out and 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 listening to their side of things. You you really need to ha- make sure that they have their voice because I never wanted a parent or a student to say I didn't get to give my side of the story, you know, and so on. So not interrupting and maybe rewording or restating and clarifying what what a parent or a student is saying or, or a staff member, whoever is involved. No, so true, Jack. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where within, once again, these reasonable social parameters where there's no threats and it's, you know, there's no language issues in terms of, you know, kind of bad words or anything like that. And it's not a question of, you know, yelling or anything like that. Assuming all of those kind of criteria are met, I always feel like cut people some slack. Great. Agreed. You know, like I say, within reasonable parameters. Uh, and as far as the principal's role, I think, once again, I talk about fine line probably a little too much. But once again, there's a fine line between going into the meeting open-minded and really li- being an active listener and, and having some empathy for what other people's positions. But on the other hand, you got to be well-prepared. You've got to have done your kind of investigation, get your research, et cetera. And that's a huge part of it. Decisions, of course, need to be guided by the principal's head. They're logical. But on the other hand, principals have to show they have a heart. And that, once again, that empathy and, frankly, in some cases, sympathy. And I think that that kind of fine line is really, really critical. Right, Jamie. So I think... In- what I'm hearing you say is we, we got to be compassionate as that school leader in a situation like this, but factual and logical too. Uh, and I agree w- with you. You need to be prepared in having those facts straight in a, in a process that you're going to work through. Um, with And this is the other piece too, is, is we talked about families being anxious, uh, people being anxious with no hint or whiff of condescension in the meeting. And, and, and this can come across in your tone in your body language, um, your facial expression. If people think you're talking down to them, by you know, and very understandably, they get understandably they get, they get very offended by that. Right. And you talked about trust earlier. Well, like the, if you're patronizing, the trust is shot. You're going to erode that trust. Absolutely. So, so I think that's the first thing. You're trying to come to consensus or seek a resolution, and you know, and and we talked a little bit prior about that framework or that code of conduct we talked about in referring back to that as that point of reference or agreed upon points as required is so so important um i i think people in conflict want to know that you're working you have a plan in place and that that you're sharing that with them and in, in getting them to buy into that plan and and once we're agreed on that principal can't forget that you got to actively monitor that plan and perhaps that means coming back 
for another meeting or to, to have some sense of accountability. How did it go this week? How did our plan go over a two-week period? Whatever that agreed upon piece is. Monitoring, of course, Jack, is huge. And I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, chuckling to myself here because I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be kind of also back to my fine line or balancing act because it applies here too, very much so. The, the plan and the, and the kind of the monitoring, and as you say, maybe tweaking the plan, it needs to be timely. So it isn't a question of, I'll get back to you in three months, parent. No, no, I'll get back to you next week. Right. But on the other hand, it can't be seen as a rush job. It can't be seen as a Band-Aid. It's got to be thorough and well thought out. Because the bottom line is, and I think one of the real kind of stress points of today's whole podcast, is if there's conflict... The school principal is ultimately striving to achieve a long-term resolution rather than falling into the very, very easy trap to fall into where, you be, where you're uh, seeking simple short-term appeasement to, quote, have everyone leave the office happy. You know, but, but that's just is not what a long-term resolution really is all about. There's got to be a lot more meat on the bone. No, you're, you're right, Jamie, and I, that, that leads us now, makes me think of the common pitfalls in this area in a game plan. Um, we go back to the, the start of the section, that the principal's beginning the, the meeting or the, the plan with too narrow a lens, so people are forgotten or that that part of the investigation wasn't done, you don't have all the facts. There's many things that can narrow that lens. So you want to have as open a mind and a, a resources available at your uh, disposal to work through a situation. I think another one is if the principal seeks a really fast resolution and you were open up and said, you know, hey, I fall into some, fell into some of these pit, pitfalls. Well, I, I can remember falling into this. You know, you're so busy, you want to get things wrapped up. And I think out of diligence, you want to resolve things, feel like we solved this. Well, you can run into a problem where you promise something that isn't really manageable or that the school can't deliver on, or that a, a, a staff member can't deliver on. So you want to be really careful that you you are going to have a manageable solution, and that's going to take a little bit of time. The last thing you mentioned it there, the temporary appeasement. You know, I think, to me, a, a strategy there was, again, you don't want everybody leaving happy, because people will go away from a meeting thinking about it. And you, I think a, a big a big strategy piece there to avoid that pitfall was making sure that we were going to meet again if needed. I, you know, in, in real situations of conflict, there were very few times where we didn't meet again. It might not be for as long, it might be a check-in, but you want to keep people close in that so that you, again, it's that form of monitoring that we talked about. Well, as you were talking about, I think it's important to clarify, I totally get what you were saying, but you were mentioning a second ago, we don't want people leaving a meeting just just happy. Right. But I think we, we want them happy, but we want them satisfied. Yes. So I think it's an, I, I think you're, it's it's a really good point you raised. I think it's, a, it's an important opportunity to pause and clarify for our audience if the happiness has some real depth to it, and as I mentioned earlier, some real meat on the bone, and it's driven by a sense of satisfaction that I was heard. This plan is logical. That's great. That's the kind of happy we want. On the other hand, the happy we don't want, as we say, is something that's going to kind of wear off, you know, half an hour after they left the office when they reflect back on the meeting and they they feel they weren't listened to, et cetera. 
So I think there's kind of a, you know, kind of a trade-off there. Right, Jamie, because then you then you have two conflicts again, if that happens. You have the original one, and then you have the fact that they weren't happy or satisfied, as, as, as we said. So, no, you're right, well Jack. Said, well said. Like the, you're right, though. The short-term, that's a very good point, though. The short-term appeasement route can actually trigger more long-term right. issues. Yeah. No doubt about it. And so it's important to have a general strategy, frankly, going into any kind of meeting of significance. But along the way, principals, of course, have to be flexible in their own mind and realizing that every situation is different, every issue is a bit different. And there are, I, I'd call them embedded variables within any conflict. And as we've mentioned, it's important to be uh, sensitive to those within your code of conduct, within reasonable parameters. Now, the final focus for today is really looking at what I guess I'd call like the overall keys uh, to conflict resolution. And there are three stages. And really, the first one is, is what I would look at as the pre-process. The second one is the process. And not surprisingly, the final one is the post-process. So in the, in the kind of the pre-process, uh, that's all about seeking support and advice. So there's been a contentious issue. You have a you know, meeting tomorrow with a family. And you just want, want another kind of trusted ear to really kind of bounce something off of. And that's where it's important to have those, I'd say, two or three really trusted colleagues who I used to call it kind of my reciprocal network where they've also called me over, you know, at different times. So we, we, we service each other. And it's not, a, you know, it's not a, a weekly thing or anything like that. But throughout the year, it's nice to know they're there. And also that idea that we're going to let superiors know uh, generally just through like a, a quick email uh, on, on a really serious matter, particularly a police matter, but certainly directly call the superintendent. But in general, that's, that's only going to happen a small percentage of the time. But in those times, it's nice to make them aware and also kind of have that support behind you. Right, Jamie. And I think by seeking that relevant input or advice, it, it removes the potential for surprises down the road. And and, and at the same token, we want to, you know, without overdoing it, um, keep those trusted colleagues and keep perhaps uh, a senior uh, administration member in the loop as you move along. Right. And particularly over time, and you can only really get this from experience, but over time, principals realize kind of this is a, a, a potentially very serious issue that's going to maybe really have some strong legs moving forward. And that's where folks above you on the food chain, so to speak, should be very much made aware from the get-go. Um, but, of course, that's just a small percentage of the time. Most of the time, as, as we know, it's important to really be seen by everybody, stakeholders in the school community and your superiors, as someone who is truly a leader and can resolve issues at the school level. And that would apply the vast majority of the time. Uh, because otherwise, if you're constantly kind of contacting the board uh, or your superiors for direction, frankly, you come across as weak. Right. And, it, it, you know, it just does not reflect well on you uh, whatsoever. So I think it's important. Keep it school-based. On the other hand, those 3 or 5% of cases where potentially really serious and you get to really kind of recognize the difference pretty quickly, but in those small percentage of cases, let your superiors know. 
Right, Jamie, and, and that leads us now to the, the, the process itself in in this section, you know, as a, as a key towards conflict resolution. And, and this is where, you know, we think about conveying empathy, that compassion, and, and you've mentioned this before, but a quiet confidence, certainly in this situation. And that's not that, that overreaction where you're going to be that accelerant. You, you want to make sure that you're... Uh, uh, portraying that uh, and, and exuding that to, to the group or the people that you're working working through because it gives them a sense of support I think when you can do that um, once you've started that resolution process there isn't a lot of there isn't turning back you know you, you gotta you gotta keep moving forward with it and, and you can't go back in the process and you can't press the pause button right. <laughs> like you know like right. I, I look back and that's what we talked about the importance of being as well prepared as possible and uh, bear with me, Jack, another one of my uh, metaphors, but I think it's apt here, is I used to refer to it uh, as peeling the onion. And the bottom line is once we start kind of unraveling a case or a situation, you can't just arbitrarily kind of stop when you're kind of halfway done the peel, so to speak, because you don't like where the peel's going. Right. right. And... You know, so I think, as you say, be as well prepared as possible, because once you're starting peeling away facts, um, other facts may come up now. Now, the one big qualifier I found myself is, yeah, sometimes unexpected stuff does come up. And and sometimes as we're peeling away, I, I don't have all the answers. And that's totally fine. I, I will make a list and I will assure the family I'll get back to them, you know, the next day or whatever. Like, So you don't have to have everything magically at your fingertips, but you have to, I guess, be prepared to kind of go the distance and then address any new information or uncertainties in a timely manner. Right, right, Jane. I think when I hear all of that, there's very few important issues that require that urgency, other than other than personal safety or if somebody's hurt in the moment. You want to be able to take the right amount of time to show that you're you're uh, you're giving care and concern to the situation, being careful. With, as you work towards resolution with people. Right. And over time, as you know, you, you learn, uh, and I, I must confess by trial and error, what are actually the quick resolution issues, what are kind of medium, and what might take weeks. Uh, because on the one hand, if you're, if you're routinely uh, rushing to solutions, the bottom line is you're going to be really into a lot of retractions. As you mentioned earlier, if you're trying to put a neat little bow on things in an hour and the issue really took should have taken three weeks, then, boy, your your credibility just takes a huge hit because you're getting into all these callbacks and uh, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but I didn't expect like, no. So there you're, you're better to kind of be slow and steady wins the race. Because as you say, other than like especially student safety, other than that, like there's really not too many things that are really that urgent. Already, our final stage is looking at the post-process, and that's kind of moving forward because uh, things don't occur in a vacuum, and there is life after conflict. And so what are we going to look at moving forward? And as you mentioned earlier, Jack, and I won't uh, spend much time on it now, but boy, that monitoring piece, that is a true commitment to monitoring uh, and getting back to families with that monitoring um, information, I, I just think that is key. Right, and 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 checking in with those affected people we talked about keeping those with whom you consulted in the loop on a reasonable basis and 
you know, you've got to be able to embrace honest and unfiltered feedback because, again, people in conflict are going to give you their feelings. And we've talked about them being passionate in a given situation. So you've got to be open to that. And this is where the not being defensive comes into it. Well, the whole idea of being open, that means that you're going to have to embrace the fact that you're not going to like some of the stuff that's discussed. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> like that, that's just reality. And, and, and like, as you've said along, you learn that over time. You get better with that. But you're re- it's really, really important uh, in, in the process. Yeah. Also, I think a, a key point we don't want to forget this is to show a willingness to adjust or to tweak a plan that you might have set out. So when you monitor and when you follow up, you might... All you agree that something isn't working, or you notice something isn't working, and you're going to make another suggestion. So it's not one straight path into the sunset to resolve conflict. It it might take a, a couple of different routes to get there. Well said. But I think it's important too, Jack, that we're going to absolutely tweak the plan, maybe several tweaks. But that doesn't mean we're throwing the proverbial baby out with the bathwater. That's right. Yeah. Because if you kind of go, and we need, oh, we need a brand new plan. Right. Well, once again, your credibility really gets uh, a big hit. All right, so common pitfalls uh, when it comes to kind of the overall keys to conflict resolution. Oh, Jack, I, I, I think this is maybe the biggest one of the whole discussion. When the principal misreads the potential depth of the issue. If every issue is gone over in tremendous detail then like the principal will need a 300 hour work week. Like you'll just be like, you'll just be glued. Like you just won't get anything else done. Be very inefficient. On the other hand, if you don't recognize the biggies, which I call kind of the icebergs, we're only like 10% of the issue may be kind of at the surface immediately. And that may grow into a huge issue. Well, then again, you got a problem. So you've really got to with experience. Once again, look at like the size of these issues. Uh, number two is the principal is really not seen as someone who's genuine and is really not kind of uh, showing kind of really compassion and concern. And once again, we've talked a lot about relationships, but these meetings are all about relating, not simply rebutting. Right. And another biggie is you're simply not sufficiently prepared. And as a result uh, you're not comfortable or willing to kind of get into, uh, you know, specific timelines post meeting for monitoring and so on, because you're just not comfortable enough with the whole issue. Uh, and frankly, there's no excuse for not being prepared. Right. And so, Jamie, I, I think of those those pitfalls, and and it, may, it makes me think that that principal's got to recognize the best way of moving forward is going to look a little different depending on the stakeholder groups. We didn't get into specific groups. That's that's for down the road, but we, you know, it's going to look different depending on the issue and the groups at hand. And speaking of which, we'll discuss some common stakeholder specific issues and how to best resolve them in our next podcast. And once again, a big happy new year, everyone. And thanks as always for joining us today. And a reminder that if you have any questions or comments, please email us at affectiveleadership, that's with an A, affectiveleadership at gmail.com. And we encourage our listeners to share our podcast with other school leaders and a reminder to follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. 
And we look forward to connecting with you again in two weeks on Matters of Principle.